to greet me, Crapsters, new and old. Here's a few things you must be told. Be warned that the Creepy Crap Podcast may contain spoilers, swearing, and adult themes. <laughs> well, now that's out of the way, let's start the Creepy Crap Podcast. <laughs> With your host, Daniel Craig. Here he is, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy the show. Welcome Creepy Crapsters, my name's Daniel Craig and welcome to the Creepy Crap Podcast, the show that talks at a pace that could melt your face. And we've got a great episode today. This is in tribute on behalf of Rialto Distribution Company. You might remember I did two episodes in the first season of them. It was The Wretched and I See You. And now we're doing another one, Ghosts of War. And this is Rialto Distribution. I've talked about him before, but if you want to check him out, here's where you can get them. You can get them on Facebook at Rialto Distribution AU. Twitter, Rialto Movies, or Instagram at Rialto Distribution AU. Or you could also get the co-distributors, the Roadshow Company, at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Roadshow. That's Rialto Distribution and Roadshow. So they're the ones who have given me this little screener. Even though the movie has come out in some countries already, it is also available now on DVD and digital on demand. But that's Ghosts of War. And you want to hear a little bit more about the movie? Well, listen up, because here we go. Ghost of War came out in 2020. It goes for 94 minutes and stars quite a decent cast. It's got Brendan Thwaites, the Australian actor, Carl Gellner, Alan Richardson, Theo Rossi, Skylar Aston, and Billy Zane. So that's a pretty good cast. And let me tell you about the movie. Well, five American soldiers are assigned to hold a French chateau near the end of World War II. This unexpected respite quickly descends into madness when they encounter a supernatural enemy more terrifying than anything seen on the battlefield. Oh, that sounds fucking awesome. So let's not waste another minute and let's jump into Ghosts of War. Come on, soldiers, let's hit the front line. You're a soldier, don't fucking right behind you, man. So let's start with 2020's Ghosts of War on behalf of Rialto Distribution Australia. Here we go. Okay, Creepy Craps, this we're 10 minutes into the movie so far. It starts off with a little touching poem, like one of those like soldier letters to mum sort of thing. Real sort of nice, sets a tone. And then it's like, Nazi-occupied France, 1944. And they're sleeping there. Brendan Thwaites, I think, is like like the leader or commander, I don't know what, you know, he's in charge of the group by the look of it. He sees a guy in the shadows, he's smoking. We don't get to see who it is, but then like he kind of like looks again, blinks a little bit harder. He's gone. It's like, oh, what the fuck's going on? All you can hear is the sounds of war or it's in his head. It's a bit hard to tell, but yeah, it's just a fuck place. You know what I mean? I used to think war movies growing up was so boring. It's like, oh, it's history. Oh, it sucks. But now when you're older, you have such appreciation for it because the real horror is the fact that these people actually did this. This is all based off real shit. Like obviously not not this movie's gonna go like there's variations of like the truth and all this sort of stuff the core concept is war was fucking crazy and these people put all this effort into it they gave their lives for everyone they are just heroes this movie is really setting a tone so far i love this i love the cast it's such a good looking movie i love they're behind enemy lines they're trying to get somewhere but it's fucked and they're all gonna sort of slowly get picked off i guess i don't know it's just so much fucking tension it's already bad enough that you're in a place that every person you meet wants to fucking kill you but then you have to survive and then like there's this other element that's going to happen eventually that we haven't even got to yet it's just a shit place for them to be there's a jeep going past they hide down for a sec boom blow the fucking jeep up they go over there they collect their little trophies and all this sort of stuff they're counting the nazi ss things off their collars one's collecting gold teeth they're looking for all the possessions find anything you can encrypted messages whatever you need we're already two miles behind we should be two miles ahead that way but we're late come on and then one of them wants to fight and the commander is billy zane 
he's the head Nazi from this Jeep. And Billy Zane's like real hesitant. And he's like, nah, fuck it, all right. Boof, beats the shit out of him. And then Brendan Thwaites, who's like the leader, as I said, just comes up. We're behind schedule. Poof. Two shots in the fucking head. Billy Zane is dead. I'm like, is this literally Billy Zane's cameo was just standing there? Hardly any words. A couple good punches. You're out. Like maybe he'll come back. But otherwise, Billy Zane has come and gone from the movie. He is already dead. So now they're back on the track. They've gone to some town. It's just burning. It's in rubbles. It's just destroyed by war. But that's where I've stopped so far. So yeah, this movie has really got my attention already. I love the cast. I love the whole war setting. And it's a horror. I cannot wait to see all of that combined. And see what delicious treat comes out of the oven at the end of this movie. And let's not waste any more time. And let's continue with Ghosts of War. Okay, so we're 22 minutes into the movie now. And I'm loving it. These guys have just shown up to this house. It is magnifique. It's beautiful. It's real nice. But there's a guy sleeping outside in a Jeep. They show up and the guy's like, the relief is here. The relief is here. And he runs inside. And the other guy's like, what took you so long? You're a day late. And they're sleeping in like the living room. It's like what, like the conjuring, how they're all like, what the fuck? Why aren't you in their bedrooms? The mattresses are downstairs. We're here. We don't want to talk anymore. We just want to leave. We're out of here. You, it's all yours. There's food. There's wine. There's all this shit. And they're like, why the fuck would you not enjoy this place? This place is a luxury. You get to look after a mansion fully stocked that we're allowed to have comfortable beds, running water, all the food and drink you can have. And you guys are just like all cramped in one space. They're like, what's the catch with this place? And they're like, uh, see ya. Bye. It's all yours now. And the guys are like, all right, losers. See ya. So they're just enjoying the house. They're all going around doing their own separate things, looking at all, enjoying a fucking bath. Finally, enjoying some food and drink. The luxuries we haven't been having to have for years. And now they're finally enjoying it. Why would someone give this up? I don't understand, but we're here to protect the house. I'm all for it. But they look around and then certain things, they're all getting these little experiences that are different to each other. One's in the basement, something falls down. They're like, what's going on here? One tries to open a door because he can hear kind of like a girl or a kid having a wash behind the door. And he's like, what, hello? He can't open the door, it's locked. He walks away, the door opens. Who the fuck opened that? What is going on? Is there someone in there or is there a ghost? And then two of the other guys, Theo Rossi and Brendan Thwaites, are hearing this down in the kitchen. They open the door. They see the curtains just open up purposely. The windows open. They're like, we both saw that, right? Yeah. They look down and there's fingernails scratched in the floor. They're like, what is going on in this house? They can hear things in the air vent. And it's just a real creepy vibe. And they keep hearing things outside. And why is this house here? It's completely untouched. What is happening? What is the catch? Why are we here? I'm just really excited for this movie. I'm loving it. I don't understand what's happening yet, but that's good. As long as it stays with this mysterious atmosphere and it keeps going as good as it is, this movie is going to be a favorite of mine. I love all the combinations in this. The war, the horror, the haunted house element. I'm loving all of this. If this stays just as good as this the entire movie, it's going to be a favorite of mine for sure. But yeah, I'm really into this. Ghosts of War, we're 22 minutes in. Let's continue. We're 36 minutes into the movie, everyone. And this movie is great. I love it. The jump scares are like pretty genuinely like decent. It's like, oh shit, motherfucker. It's good. I love the atmosphere of the movie. It's sucking me in. I was really low energy before I put this on and it's energized me. I'm like, oh yeah. But yeah, what a movie. So far, they've seen a creepy book. They've read it a little bit, a couple stories. It's like a diary or something of the people that used to live there. Oh shit, broken glass in the bathroom. They come in. The husband, there was adultery or something like that. She cut her ear off and then it was her husband's fault. It's like, what is happening in here? And they're like, whoa, this is freaky, man. They don't worry about that. And they're like, wait, can you hear that? I don't want to sound weird, but I think it's Morse code. And wait, yeah, it is. I, I write it down. And it's like, I have, I have no legs. What? And then a squirrel or something like that falls through the fireplace, falls in a fire. They're like, what is this? They're like, oh God, there's so much shit happening. Cole Gowner's character goes up to the attic because he needs a vantage point to see if anyone's coming. And then he quickly sees through the scope, like someone hanging. He's like, what? Goes back. It's gone. Someone sneaks up behind 
behind him. We see it sort of in the peripherals and you're like, holy shit, there's someone behind you. He's behind you. And then they turn around, but he's not there. And then in the fucking scope, someone pops up. He's like, oh God, what the fuck is happening? He's oh man, I must be just drunk or something. Like, you know where they like the beginning of a horror movie where they just kind of push away the fact that they've just seen ghosts and all that sort of shit as if it's such a fucking common occurrence. Uh, oh yeah, just a ghost, whatever. Pretty sure you saw that and you just don't want to admit it. Maybe that's what's going on. Obviously you'd be freaked out. So it's probably easier just to pretend it didn't happen. Whole bunch of shit happening. They get an interception from the radio or something like that. There's about 50 Nazis coming towards them. There's 50 then, there's only five of this. How the fuck are we gonna hold off this? Oh, I reckon we got a good chance. He's like, no, we should leave. Anyway, and they're freaking out because they're like, yeah, the Nazis coming, we have to leave. And then they get more Morse code. And they're like, oh shit, if you leave. And they're like, we gotta get out of here, man. This, the guy gets possessed, the guy from Pitch Perfect. He's like, he's frantically scribbling all this shit. Like it's possessing his hand. It's like, if you leave, you die. And then on the radio again, it comes in and goes, if you leave, you die. Holy shit. And they're like, what the fuck is going on in this house? No wonder no one wanted to come here and no one's attacking this place. It's fucking possessed. So now they're like, if we leave, we're gonna die. But then, I don't know, are the spirits protecting us if we are here? I don't know. And there's Nazis coming. Apparently, this is fucked. Or is the house giving them fake messages to be like, hey, leave. Here's temptation. You should leave, but I will kill you. Up to you. No pressure. But I don't know what's going on, but there's a lot of good shit happening. I'm just wrapped up in this movie. You can tell by the energy of this is fucking dope. But yeah, I want to keep going. So let's continue with the movie and let's see what the next hour or so has got in store for us. Okay, we're 44 minutes in now and what a sequence. War movies always seem to have this magnificent action sequence and we've just seen one with a horror element. It's like Saving Private Ryan, but with ghosts. It's so good. What they've seen, basically, these Nazis have come. They knock on this door of the mansion. No one answers, obviously. Why would they? They're pretending no one's home. They try the door. It's locked. All right, everyone back in the truck. Let's leave. And you're like, wait, that easy? And then the fucking house makes a huge knocking sound. And then they all run back. There's someone in the house. And they all think it's the guy upstairs. And he's, and then he's like knocking to be like, they're here, they're here, they're here. And then there's a big fucking shootout. They throw a grenade through the window. And then Butchie, the guy who loves boxing, jumps on the fucking grenade, goes out like a hero, loses all his limbs. He's dead. So there's three of them down the bottom and one up the top. They're all shooting and just killing so many people. The Nazis are getting destroyed. Theo Ross's character's hanging behind the fucking door. I guess he's trying to protect himself. He can hear all this splashing, so it's kind of assumed that the guard is just taking a piss while he's looking for soldiers to kill. And then you hear this little girl laughing like... <laughs> And it's like, what, there's a girl here? What is happening? Is this little girl watching the Nazi piss? And then he looks away from the door and then you see the Nazis getting drowned and dies in the fucking bathtub and you could just hear this laughing, but you can't see anything. You're like, okay, an invisible ghost girl just killed a Nazi. What the fuck? And then it pans back to the other ones and then the guy from Pitch Perfect's there, he's shooting a couple people. And then you see this fucking ghost chair move behind the desk he's hiding. And then you see his two legs and you're like, okay, the soldier's there, but then they're whistling. And, and then he's like, all right, okay, okay. And then he gets ready to shoot, gets up and then there's a girl dressed in like all fucking nice like you know 1930s I'm going to the ball and she's like ah! screaming and then you see a fucking guard behind her burning and it's the house full of ghosts but they're protecting them like these Nazis weren't welcome if you protect us we look after you so there's a guard getting fucking burnt by a ghost lady now as well and then Brendan Thwaites character is just killing so many people he does go to the attic there's creepy shit there there's a Nazi guard up the top Cole Gallner's character is like okay I'm gonna fucking snipe him out and he's like wait what goes around the corner and then the guard is just hanging by a belt, getting choked out and dies. And it's like, who the fuck did this? There's no way that guard
everyone just comes in and is like, oh wait, I'll run up quickly, commit a quick suicide, I'm out. No, the ghosts are fucking killing the people. They've killed quite a few people themselves. The soldiers and the ghosts have killed all the Nazis and then it goes to the morning and they're like, let's get this trash outside. And then a twist to the story, the butcher character that jumped on the fucking grenade is still alive somehow, minus all these limbs. And they're like, we've got enough morphine to do it. It's like, oh my God, how is he still alive? How tough is this guy? But yeah, they're throwing all the Nazis back in the truck out the front and that's what's happened so far. So at this point, all the soldiers have seen some sort of like paranormal manifestation happen more than once, kill people or like have physically seen them, whatever they've done. So I wonder if they're all going to start talking about him. Hey, we have to admit that we've seen fucking ghosts now. What the fuck is happening in this house? What are we going to do? We're going to stay here and maybe we'll just be protected by ghosts all the time. If we do what they want, we'll live forever. Who knows? But yeah, we're about halfway through the movie. Let's keep going with Ghosts of War. I'm very keen to see the rest of this. Okay, so we just crossed the hour mark now. And what has happened is I went into the backstory of Kyle Gowden's character a little bit. He was held up five days without sleep. He kind of went crazy and killed a bunch of like Aryan youth people. He's like, you got to break the eggs before they hatch. And then the Pitch Perfect guy and Brenda Thwaites character were kind of arguing about the book as if like almost accusing one or the other of knowing German too much as if like, are you a Nazi? Why are you so interested in this? Everyone's getting crazy. The house is just making them like really upset. The guy who jumped on the fucking thing broke up and he's like, oh, it wasn't us. It wasn't us. It wasn't us. And he just kept repeating it for ages and then grabbed Brenda Thwaites character and let go and then just passed out and then died. And it's like, okay, we've got to bury him. The three of them are talking to Brenda Thwaites character and like, we have to leave. We want to leave and fuck the court martial. We'll go to army jail, whatever. Just let us out of this fucking place. It's not worth being here. This place has got bad juju, man. So they all fucking bury him. They get their stuff and then they start leaving. And then they go past this sort of like broken down ambulance and then they keep going and then they see all these like Holocaust survivors they saw earlier in the same big open field. Wait, what is happening here? And then they walk for ages and it's nighttime and then they go up a hill and then they see it's the same ambulance again. They're like, what is happening, man? We're like going in circles somehow. It's very confusing and they're like, let's turn back this way. And then they make it to the town that was all destroyed and in flames and all this sort of shit. Completely empty now. It's just dark and quiet. Way too quiet. One's there. There's no survivors, no Nazis, no anything. The place is a ghost town. Pardon the pun. But seriously, yes, they're headed to this empty city that is completely quiet. It's a full moon. I don't know if that's got something to do with anything. It seems like the house is really fucked with them, possibly from here, or this is an illusion that they're free and they're not. So let's keep watching everyone because only time will tell what will happen. Okay, we're now in 15 minutes and what has happened in that last part was that everything that was happening was kind of fucking with their heads. So they thought they were in a town. They thought they saw the Jeep again. They're like, we're running in circles. And then they just end up back at the house. They're like, the house doesn't want us to leave. What is happening? And they threw a whole bunch of flour on the floor. We've got to catch these spirits. Maybe we can find out where the bodies are because if we can bury the bodies, maybe they'll be at peace and they'll stop fucking with us. So this happens. You see the footprints on the fucking ground. Grabs Brenda Thwaites character, takes him outside. They're like, shoot him, shoot him. Shoot what? There's nothing holding me. So he drags him all the way down to this fucking building that goes down to a tunnel. They find the bodies like, yes, it's here. And the missing page of the journal that explains everything. Turns out they weren't French, they were Arabic and they were holding and saving Jewish people and trying to give them safe passage to get out of there, get away from the Nazis, all that sort of stuff. I guess they were evil as well. I don't really understand why they're so fucked up and why they're possessing the house or they were killed for it. So their angry spirits are there. What happened by burying the bodies actually brought them back to life. And Carl Gowner is being possessed at the top in a pentagram and all this Arabic's lit up in like fire riding or whatever the fuck it is. Brought them back to life and now they're angry. They want to kill the soldiers. I'm like, wait, we saved you. Why are you attacking us? And they keep fighting. There's a mum, a dad, another lady and like a son and they're all attacking them. The more they're getting attacked back, they start going glitchy. It's like, what the fuck? Why are they going glitchy? This 
is like an old timey thing. This is the worst effect I've ever seen. But no, it's for a reason. Then there's a whole bunch of flashes from all the scenes in the movies, all these little things. It's not real, it's not real and all this sort of shit. So Brendan Thwaite wakes up and there's Billy Zane. It's like, oh, Billy Zane's back. I thought you were only in that tiny little scene, but no, you're the doctor and this is set in the modern day. You're like, what? What the fuck? So it turns out that Brendan Thwaite is a soldier from the modern war, not World War II, and he's fucked up. His whole platoon there, all the guys from the movie are all in beds, all in fucking tubes up their throats. One's missing a mouth. They're all fucked up. They've all been like destroyed. I'm guessing for maybe before it shows that I'm guessing like their Jeep blew up. Maybe that's the significance of that scene earlier. All the shit that's happened, like I have no legs. He lifted up the sheet. He's got no legs. All these little things that have happened, all the characters, kind of like Wizard of Oz where everyone he knows from this world, the modern world, have appeared in these fucking weird holographic. I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they're implanting some sort of, oh, can we get soldiers to do stuff in their dreams for us so we can use technology against, I don't know. We're, I, it hasn't explained it at all. It's just woken up and he's kind of like, what is happening? I don't remember anything. So that's what we've seen so far. There's 10 minutes left to hopefully explain what the fuck's been going on this entire movie or if anything was real or it was just the whole, it was all a dream. So 10 minutes to explain the rest of the movie. Let's go. Okay, folks, the movie is finished and I'll try to remember as many of the comparisons as I can, but it's a lot. So it's hard to remember, but I'll give you the gist of what I remember. So they're in Afghanistan. We see the five soldiers we've seen throughout the whole movie. There's another guy though. He's in charge. He's wearing a leather jacket. Not very army like. I don't know why, but it, they're in this village in Afghanistan somewhere. And they go to this guy. He's like the doctor. And they're like, you've given us so much information. We've got to get rid of you. We've got to take you out now. Grab your visas. We've got to take you back. We'll get you out of here. So they're the ones trying to get them to safety. But then it didn't happen. The people are coming. The Taliban's coming. Hide in the wall. So they're hiding in the wall. And these guys show up. Four of our guys have been caught straight after they've seen you. No coincidence. We know you're talking to them. And you got a lot of medication that only the Americans could have given you. We believe you're working with the Americans. Tell us where they are or we will kill you and your family. And the guy's like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. I would never do that. That's not my thing. And they're like, okay, cool. They grab one of the ladies in the house, hang her. So that's what all the hanging references is about is because the sister, I'm guessing, dies because she's got hung to death. He grabs the son, drowns him. And so that's what the bath was about. The mum gets knocked out, but we don't really see what happens with her just yet. And then the dad gets all this petrol poured on him. Anything else to say? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then he starts burning and they're like, no. And the mum's like, I curse all of you. And she's pointing straight at the fucking wall where they are. The soldier's like, oh God, this is happening because of us. If we had just got there earlier, maybe that's what the, oh, we were late to get there sort of thing was about. I'm not sure. I'm just trying to piece every little puzzle piece I can together. So the soldiers witness all this fucking horror and they're like, holy shit. And they wait for the Taliban guys to leave. And then they go outside. They're like, this is fucked. And then the commander guy's like, we were never here, okay? And they're like, oh God. And they're looking around. The little kid outside was killed as well. He was talking about the cat's cradle. I'm like, oh, that's what that reference was about. They start to walk. And then the lady's like, this is all your fault. And she runs out with a bomb. It's like, oh, fuck. <laughs> fucking boom massive explosion all of them are fucked up they're missing all their limbs they're like virtually dead and that was the thing she said she said Ascarat which is like curse you in Arabic Brendan Thwaites telling this to the doctor like not Billy Zane but the lady he's like why did you make the World War 2 simulation of why'd you make it like a horror movie for and they're like we didn't do that you're like there is a fucking ghost in your machine and like what are you talking about this is not meant to trigger real world fucking memories it's meant to just kind of keep you activated in your head so you don't like just die out and become brain dead it's meant to just 
provoke stimulation. And he's like, there's a fucking ghost in there. I don't know if it's some psycho who's corrupted it or he's done something, but there's definitely something in this. And she's like, that's not meant to be happening. Why are my dreams projected on the wall? Look at that. And she's like, oh God, this is not meant to be happening. This is not right. Your memories are not meant to be in here. We erase your memories when you start the game. And he's trying to say that. I sent myself subliminal messages that the legs aren't there. And then he woke up midway through it and was like, this is not real. This is not real. This is not real. And all these things were coming to us. So we were sending ourselves Morse code messages. We shouldn't have been doing this. He's like, yeah, but we did. We're going to get fucking killed. There's only one way to survive this. There is a ghost in this machine. Send me back. Take me back and I'll fucking do it. She's like, no, but you were erasing memories. Like, I need to do it. So what she does is all this panic. And is it going to affect the real world or just these guys? He's just screaming at us. So she's like, oh, fuck, fine. All right, here we go. And then he starts going under. And she's like, but your memory's going to be erased. There was all this imagery. The way they're sleeping in the hospital beds is exactly how they were sleeping in the movie as we saw the first time. They're all sort of fanned out. And then it's kind of just like Shutter Island-ish Groundhog Day where he's just gone back. No memory of what's happening. And he's like, oh, he wakes up. There's a guy in the shadows smoking again. What are you doing over there? And then it cuts to the credits. Does he know what's happening this time? It's very much like Shutter Island where it's like he has to simulate this whole big fucking thing to solve what really happened in the real world. This time he's kind of fighting a ghost. So I guess it's not exactly the same thing. I don't know if he's going to go back knowing any information this time. I don't know. The movie's over. We don't find out. So to break down the comparisons to like the simplest elements, I guess. So the big fancy mansion was just the Taliban house. The World War II soldiers are actually Afghanistan soldiers. The Nazis were the Taliban and they weren't hiding Jewish people and giving them safe passage. The safe passage thing was related back to the soldiers and that family and the Jewish people weren't Jewish people. They were the soldiers, if all that makes sense. But the soldiers getting information from that family was what led them to get killed because they were protecting the soldiers thinking they were doing the right thing because they were like, we'll get safe if we fucking survive this, which they didn't. So the wife was like, this is all your fault. This wouldn't have happened. I wouldn't have lost my family if it wasn't for you. I put a curse on you and you're not dead. So I'm going to fucking haunt you until you are dead in the machine, in whatever. I can go through whatever technology or realm I feel like because it is a curse. It does not need logic. So that's what Ghost of War was about. It was a good movie at the beginning. I kind of liked it when it didn't go to the modern age because I was getting wrapped up in it. I liked the whole ghost house and it was kind of the ghosts were fighting with them and then against them and fucking around with them and it was like, hey, you help me. I'm going to fucking kill you. Which was a great metaphor, I guess, for what it was. Like, you think you're helping me, but you're actually killing me. So I don't know. I'm trying to think of as many metaphors as I can, but there was a lot of sort of like, you have to watch it again to get all the little subtle things this time. You'd be like, oh, the legs. Yeah. And the guy kept transcribing the German was actually an Arabic translator in the real world and all the stuff that kept getting changed. Like, wait, you know Arabic now? Which was like more little bits of the real world filtering into the simulation. And I don't know, it was a pretty good movie. I liked everything up to when it went to the modern world, but then I still enjoyed the whole twist. Didn't expect like a fucking Arabic curse to be the fucking reason all this was happening and that they were all fucked up and this was a simulation. I guess the more I'm talking about it, the more the real world thing kind of makes a good fun element to watching it again. Like the replay value of this has been kicked up more than just being a ghost story and they solve it and that's it. Because you got to keep going back and look at all the little fucking subtle things of, oh, this guy's from then. This happened here because of this. And that injury is actually this one. And I like this movie and I'm happy they sent it my way because I got to enjoy a great movie. I'll probably buy it when I see it on DVD. Thank you so much for listening to Ghosts of War from 2020. 
If you've liked what you've heard today and want to reach out to the Creepy Crap Podcast, here's how you can do it. You can reach me at Twitter at CreepyCrapPod. That's CreepyCrapPod on Twitter. Or you can check out the podcast-related videos on YouTube at CreepyCrapPodcast. Subscribe to the channel on there. Creepy Crap Podcast is also on Facebook. You can follow the page on there like that. Or you can get the personal page, Daniel Crapstar. That's Facebook, Creepy Crap Podcast, or Daniel Crapstar. And for the main home of the podcast, you can follow on Instagram at the Creepy Crap Podcast. Podcast. You can send a message there, talk about a collaboration, suggest a movie, talk about promos, any of that good stuff. That's the Creepy Crap Podcast on Instagram. And if you want to suggest the podcast to someone else, you can get me on all the major podcast platforms. That's right, that's Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of them. You can go on there, you can rate, leave a review, like, follow, all that good stuff, download some episodes. That's on all the major podcast platforms. That's where you can listen or follow the Creepy Crap Podcast. So thank you, Creepy Crapsters, for listening to the Creepy Crap Podcast. Season 2, Episode 7, Ghosts of War from 2020. I'd like to give a big thanks to Tom for hooking me up with this movie. And to the distributor, Riato Distribution, Australia and New Zealand. This movie is on DVD and digital on demand. And also Roadshow, the co-distributors. Riato Distribution and Roadshow, thank you very much for giving me this tasty little screener of Ghosts of War. And if you thought your ear pussies weren't satisfied enough already, well, here's a little bit extra for you. A little after dinner mint, if you shall, to compliment a lovely episode. And I've got a band called Vexing Hex. You want to hear about them? Well, okay, I'll tell you about them. It is a band called Vexing Hex, a cult rock band from central Illinois. The song I'm about to play is called Revenant, and it's from the 2018 album Haunt, which is available on Bandcamp, and you can find all their music on the social media links you can search for vexing hex or you can look up and probably the best place to get them vexinghex.com so why don't you check them out they've got a fucking re-release that's coming out this month it's gonna be fucking tasty baby and they're on the wise blood record label so why don't you check out vexing hex and this is a song revenant here we go hope you like it thank you creepy crapsters for listening to the creepy crap podcast keep yourselves creepy keep yourselves crappy hope you enjoy the song
Bury me face down in the river, and then I ate a frog in the river, then I ate his little leg, then the leg got stuck in my teeth, and then my tooth fell out, when I tried to pick it out, and then the fish jumped up, and then it fell in my bum, and then I didn't know what to do, and then I fell face down in the water, then I drowned, and then I drowned in the river, then the beaver made me a home, and then he dug out my body, then he lived in me.